Amen. As you're being seated this morning, we're excited for what God has in store for you today. And as, as you're with us this morning, if it's your first time here, we want to say thank you for being at the Way Bible Church. And if it's your first time, we're praying that it is not your last time. We're praying that you would have an encounter with God here this morning, that He would move in your life in an awesome way, and that you would be forever changed and find a place to call home right here at the Way Bible Church. And so if you are looking for a place to call home, I believe this is the place for you to come in and be a part of all that God wants to do in your life. And so if it's your first time here this morning, we ask that you grab that Connect card out of the chair in front of you. Bring it to either Information Center on either side of this Worship Center where we have a gift for you from the church, information about TWVC, and we want to get to know your name, know who you are personally, and be a part of your life. And so as we're in a series this year called Planted, we know there's a specific verse of Scripture in the Bible in Psalm 92, 13, and it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. So it's our heart's desire at TWBC that you would find a place to come in, get planted, and experience life and all that God would have for you to experience right here at the Way Bible Church. And so thank you for being here this morning. If you would begin to open up your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. And as you're turning there, we want to dismiss all of our kids that are kindergarten through fourth grade. Our directors are ready for you guys at the back. Y'all give our kids a great big hand clap of praise this morning as they're headed out. Amen. So we love celebrating all of our kids, and we know our kids are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has great and mighty plans for their life. They're going to be leaders on this earth and leaders among this generation and the next. We also want to say a special welcome to everybody who's watching us on live stream right now. If you have Facebook, you can share our live stream by going to the Way Bible Church page and click share, and it'll share on your personal page, and you can even begin to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. So thank you for all of those who have found a church home, even though you're away from home. And also a special welcome to all of our Spanish-speaking uh, people who are here this morning as the Spanish translation is going on live right now. We're excited for that opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this year we are in a series called Planted and we want to develop fruit where you are and roots to where you're growing. And this message is so important to the roots where you're growing part because God has a place for you to belong, to belong right here at TWBC. And as you're here this morning and as you're finding a place to get planted at TWBC, we want you to get planted in three awesome ways. We want you to show up at worship services. Amen? If I never showed up at my house, I could hardly say I'm planted there. But, you know, I want you to show up at worship services when you have the opportunity. Our challenge is three Sunday morning worship services a month. We also want you to talk about what God is doing in your life to people. Notice I said how I phrased that. I don't want you necessarily talking about TWBC all the time. I want you to talk about what God is doing in your life. Amen? If he does something in your life at TWBC, you're welcome to bring us up in the conversation. But we want you to get planted planted in the kingdom of God, and we know TWBC is an amazing avenue to do it in as well, and we also want you to invest with your time, your talent, and your energy, and find a place for you to have a place right here at TWBC as you're planted with us, and so as we're in a series right now called Fire, we know this, um, the, the thing I love most about firemen is they're not scared of a fire. And they're not caught off guard by fire. In fact, just the opposite. They are ready and prepared for the fire. The difference between firemen and the average everyday person is simply this. The prepared state in which they live their life. They live in a prepared state for the fire. Now listen, God, I believe, when you got born again, wanted you to do more than just get born again. 
He wanted you to live in a prepared state for the fire of God that he wants to bring into your life personally, also bring into the church corporately as we accomplish the will of God and expand his kingdom right here in the Northeast Texas area. So firemen take personal responsibility to know the properties and the principles of fire so they know how to operate in the midst of the fire. Now listen, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that John the Baptist was quoted of what Jesus would do. He said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So the church should expect fire to come in their life. But the issue is a lot of us don't know the properties of fire or don't know the principles of how to operate in the midst of the fire. And so this morning, we're going to jump into that as we have a message for you today called Strategically Planted. Strategically planted is the title of this morning's message. And so if we're going to see the fire of God, we need to know the, the, the principles of it and the properties of it. And so one of the vital properties of fire, of the fire of God, is vision from God. If you're going to blaze with fire in your personal life, you need to get personal vision from God about your life. Amen? If you're going to blaze on fire wherever you're at in your personal day-to-day -day walk, you need to get vision for your day-to-day -day walk. And so God wants you to set you ablaze, but he's not going to set you ablaze before he gives you vision on how he's going to set you ablaze. He's going to put a burning deep down in your heart of, I desire this, I want to do this, I would like to teach, or I'd like to preach, or I'd like to serve, or I'd like to give, or I'd like to make a difference with the homeless, or I'd like to make a difference in divorced families' lives, or I'd like to make a difference in, in, in children who are taken through the CPS program. He's going to begin to give you personal vision, and it'll begin to burn in your life. And you've got to realize one of the major components or properties of God -given, uh, of, for the God-given fire to take place is vision being in your life your life. And so we're going to talk about vision a little bit this morning. And so many of you know that when we start jumping into the book of Habakkuk, chapter number two, all of your minds go to verse two, basically. If you've ever, if you spent any years in the church, it's write the vision down, make it plain, put it clearly out on tablets so he who runs with it may know it. And then the vision will awaits an appointed time. And we know all this, all the scripture. But here's the thing about as I read this verse, I don't want you to read it as you've read it for the 500th time. I want you to hear it as you're hearing it for the very first time. Many of us have heard John 3.16 so many times that we just read it as John 3.16. And we don't get new revelation out of John 3.16. But John 3.16 will change your life if you'll read it as you're reading it for the very first time with new lenses, new vision about what it means. So with this, I want you to read it as you're reading it for the very first time. And so let's start out in Habakkuk chapter number two, verses one, two, and three. And it says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me. Okay, we should have had resounding applause across the church. God still answers prayers. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He still gives vision. He still calls to those who answer him. He still gives fresh fire. He still breathes the Holy Spirit breath on us when we call upon his name. Amen. See, and what I mean by that is, and I just read, and God will answer me. And we just sit there like, okay, God's going to answer. No, when God answers, it's a big deal. <laughs> Amen. When your marriage was on the rocks and he answered and it healed your marriage, it was a big deal. 
So whatever your vision is or your life is, listen here, God's about to answer you. And the Lord answered me. And this is how he answered. Write the vision down. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For the vision awaits an appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Man, I love that. It surely will come. It will not delay. The words that God gives you and speaks into your life will be confirmed with the written word of God. And I'm telling you, the written word of God is not a lie. It is the truth from beginning to end. Amen. And so I want to encourage you when God begins to answer you, you can run with it in an amazing way. And so let's talk just for a, briefly for a moment. Who is this guy Habakkuk? Where did he come from? Well, in the Old Testament, there's 16 prophets throughout the Old Testament. You have four of them who are major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Then you got 12 of them who are minor prophets or prophets who just didn't write as long of books. Amen? That's basically what it means. They just didn't write a long book. They wrote short books, three and four chapters each, and sometimes 12 chapters at the most. And amen, if you want to get started in the prophets somewhere, I would say start with the minor prophets, not the major prophets. Amen? Because it's a little bit easier to digest a three or four chapter section than a 63 chapter section. And so um, who is this guy? He was a prophet and he's one of the minor prophets. And then he began writing as the division of the kingdom of Israel took place from Israel to Israel and Judah. And so throughout the Old Testament, when you read uh, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, uh, the book of Kings is about Judah. The book of Chronicles is about Israel. And so it divides the kings and it divides the, the, the people up. And so Habakkuk was a prophet in the kingdom of Judah. And his prophecies date about 600 B.C. just prior to when Judah was captured by, Bab by Babylonia. And so as Judah was about to go into captivity, Habakkuk is prophesying and he is a contemporary or he is prophesying and writing the same time Jeremiah is writing all of his book. Now Jeremiah is a major prophet. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And the only positive verse in all of Jeremiah is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Everything else is not so positive. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But praise God, out of all of Jeremiah, he knows the plans that he has for us. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. Amen. And so I'm excited about that. And so they were contemporaries running together. And so um, Habakkuk is the first to declare the just or the righteous shall live by faith. We give a lot of credit to Paul in the book of Romans. We give a lot of credit, uh, credit in the book of Galatians and even in the book of Hebrews. But Habakkuk is the first pa uh, prophet to ever say these words. And it was the inspiration for the book of Romans. It was the inspiration for the book of Galatians. It is the inspiration in the book of Hebrews that the righteous, the just, will live by faith. And as the church, we should live by Because you are the righteous. You're not the faith, you're the righteous, okay? You, you should have faith because you are righteous. So the righteous or the just will live by faith. If you're born again, you are the righteous. It says you have become the righteousness of Christ. Now you're still working on holiness, amen? But righteousness is what happened when you got born again. You were seated with Christ in heavenly places as a righteous son and daughter of God. And so the righteous, which is you, if you're born again in the house, will live by, say it with me, faith. And so I want us as a church by faith. And so as that, Habakkuk is unique in that for the first time, a man questions the fairness of God in the earth. 
He questions God's management of the world. And is it really fair to see the evil always seem to win out over the righteous? Chapter 2 is the divine response. So chapter 1 is Habakkuk's complaint. He goes to God and says, God, I just don't like it. Why are the evil people always getting all the good stuff? <laughs> right? We, we have a lot of that. God, I just don't understand. I'm living for Jesus, and this person who's a heathen is getting blessed. Right? Y'all ever prayed that prayer? <laughs> Welcome to Habakkuk's world. Amen. See, you didn't even know. You got the tendencies of a prophet on the inside. I'm just, don't, don't, I'm just saying. And so chapter 2 is God's divine response. In that time, in a certain time, God says the wicked will be punished and that it is for us to be patient in our endurance with it. And chapter 3 of Habakkuk is Habakkuk's song or celebration of praise to God for what he's going to do. And so Habakkuk begins to write in chapter number 2 about the principles that make up the property of vision or fire. Because remember, we said if we're going to get to the fire, there's a certain um, uh, property that helps make up fire, and that's vision along with faith, because the just will live by faith, okay? So faith is a, is a property. Vision is a property as you're walking out vision. But under the property of vision, there's principles that make up vision. I'll phrase it like this. The, the chemical makeup for water is H2O. So if you have one hydrogen and one oxygen, you don't have water. You got to have two... Yeah, two hydrogen and one oxygen. I had to think there for a second. Chemistry was a long time ago, man, I'm telling you. That and I hadn't watched The Water Boy in a long time either. So. so with that, there are certain principles that make up the component of vision. And so if you'll get these certain principles, you'll come up with a, a certain component or property that'll help you get to the fire of God for your life. Now, when he gives you vision, you've got to start combining vision with the other property, and that's called faith. Your vision and faith got to go hand in hand. And so when God begins to show you, you got to begin to do in your life. And so the Bible says this in verse number one. Habakkuk's complaint. It says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Now listen, in that one verse... Either I, me, or my is mentioned seven times in that verse. It says, I will take my stand. Okay, I, me, or my is mentioned seven times in one verse. So when he starts out saying, I will, the first principle to get you to the property of vision is this, I will. There must be some personal accountability in your life when God begins to speak into your life about the vision for your life. Amen? A lot of people say, God give you this vision. Pastor, you make sure it comes to pass. No, no, no. There must be some personal accountability. There must be a Habakkuk rising up saying, I will take my stand. Listen, you've got to take your stand for the personal vision God has given your life. Now, me, for my life, I've got to take personal stand for the vision he's given my personal life, also for the vision that he's giving the church. So we're taking a stand, and I'm taking a stand this morning saying, I will, God, take personal accountability to make sure your vision for TWBC gets implemented and we start walking it out by faith so we can get to the fire that God has for the church in our life. So it says, I will, personal accountability, my stand. Now listen, the way Habakkuk is talking about standing and the way we stand today are two different things. Habakkuk is talking about standing, standing at military attention like this. Us in the church, we stand like this today. Hey, dog, can I get another cup of that coffee over there? 
Man, if God shows up today, that should be cool if God came into the house. Do you see the difference in how we are standing today wanting the fire of God and how Habakkuk stood then wanting the fire of God? There was an attentiveness about him. There was an intentionality about him. There was a stance that he took. Whenever you see a military soldier standing at attention, you know what's going to happen. Somebody of a higher rank is about to walk through. When the church begins to stand at attention, you know Jesus Christ, the captain of who we are, is about to walk through this place. I believe it's for a church to time to stand at attention, not time to stand for coffee. And listen, I love the coffee bar. We're not doing away with the coffee bar. Quit, quit, quit getting caught up on the, on the things that don't matter. Okay? I'm telling you in spiritual standing. If you come in here with this K-sara-sara attitude, what if God had a K-sara-sara answer for your big problem? Do, do, do we know? We've got to start putting a stand out there as the church. And what we're going to stand for and how we're going to stand. So it says, I will take my stand. And that's a military term. Man, I wish I had an hour to preach on that one, my stand part. But he goes on to say, my watch post. The act of guarding is what that means. A place where guards took their stand to look out. So he didn't just say, I'm going to stand and where I'll stand. Or he didn't just say, I'm going to stand and say how I'll stand. But he said where he will stand. So I will take my stand at attention on my watch post where I am supposed to stand so I can do what I'm called to do. And so he said, I will station myself on the tower. Now you have him taking personal accountability, his stand, telling you how he's going to stand, and he's declaring at his watch post, and his watch post was the tower, which is the highest point on the wall, to look out to see what is going to be happening. Spiritually speaking, in your life, you need to take your stand, spiritually and physically, and where you're called and how you're called to stand, at attention, where you're called to stand, spiritually and physically in this earth, and look out and begin to see what God is going to do in your life. And begin to look for what He's going to accomplish in your life. And then He said, I will station myself. And that means to be fixed. That means I'm not moving till I start seeing something happen. Right? This is what the Bible says they did in, the, in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. They, 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 Jesus said, um, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. Those were Jesus' last words. And so they went and waited until the Holy Spirit came, and he came on the day of Pentecost. And so they went, they took their stand where they were supposed to stand, and they stood there and waited, and I believe they would have waited 20 days if it would have been 20 days, or 30 days if it would have been 30 days, for, to see out of what God was going to do. Now listen, I will take my stand at my, my watch post and station myself on the tower. Now here's where I love it. It says, and I will look out to see what he will say. Did you catch the difference? I will look out to see not what he will show me, what he will say. Kind of sounds like a paradox. It's God, if you're saying I should be hearing, not seeing. But remember, he wasn't asking for hearing, he was asking for vision. So it's no different than when God spoke in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was. When God speaks to your life, it's more than just you hearing. Something happens when God speaks, and something becomes created that you're supposed to see with your spiritual eyes of understanding to see what he's saying about your life. It's called vision. 
And so that's what vision is for your life. It's you seeing what God is saying, not you hearing what God is saying. You've got to hear it also, okay? Don't get me wrong. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. So you'll, you'll hear it, but you'll also see what he's saying, which then constitutes, I'm getting into vision. The vision of God for my life. The vision of God for the church. And I will answer concerning my complaint. You notice somebody who's taking their stand, uh, where, how they're supposed to stand, where they're supposed to stand, on their uh, place in their station there. That person is willing to give a response when something comes to them. See, a lot of us, God comes to us with something or we bring a complaint to God, but we're not willing to answer for it. Am I right? God, I want you to fix this. And he tells you how to fix it, but we're not willing to answer and take personal accountability for how he's telling us to fix it. And so in this, I want us to begin to understand, we have to realize if things are wrong, it is not God who is in the wrong. How are we going to answer concerning how we will change to line up with heaven's perspective is the key. How does it look from heaven's perspective is what you've got to start asking yourself as vision begins to come. And so as I've talked about that for a minute, I want to stop for just a minute and I want us to celebrate some of the things God has done in the church. Some of the things God has done through TWBC this past year and this year alone. This past Easter, we had 1,320 people come through our four Easter services right here at TWBC. Amen? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for that. Man, that is phenomenal. This next one is, is actually my favorite one. I mean, all the people are amazing. I love it. I love all the people that had an Easter experience with us. But the next one is my favorite one. In the first three months of the year, the first quarter of the year, we had 77 people get born again and come to know Jesus Christ in their life. Come on now. Man, that's something to celebrate. We've also had multiple healings. We've had multiple baptisms. We've also, we even had a baptism this morning in first service. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We've also had several people baptized in, with, with the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Man, I'm excited about those things. Man, that's some amazing stuff God is doing. And that's every single reason a church should celebrate. But... Why does there always got to be a big but? You know, but here's the problem. But we've missed you. But we've missed you. What do I mean by that? As God is doing and growing the church in an amazing way, sometimes you get so caught up in what God's doing, you forget what he's done. And we kind of fall into the the cell phone or the satellite TV scenario where we put so much emphasis on getting new people and new people coming in. What about me? I've been an existing customer for 12 years. An existing customer. I've been an existing member at TWBC. And pastor, you're so quick to celebrate all the new. What about the people who've been the foundation? See, God still speaks the same way today that he did in the book of Revelation. Church, you're doing this good. You're doing this good. You're doing this good. But I got this one thing against you. Oh, dog it. Oh, we had it. And I stand before you and I tell you I repent. And I'm sorry. And I apologize. Because many of you have faithfully been at TWBC serving faithfully been a part 
and we lose so much track because new people are coming in, new people are getting born again, that we forget how to minister to the people who've been here for the long term. We forget about the, the Laura Brennans who've been here forever, who served faithfully on a prayer team, whose husband got saved in our old building and, and, and baptized. Now, I, I still remember those days, man. Uh, I, I love it. You know? And we forget about some of these things. Jeremy and Crystal Scrog has been serving here for years, and we're, faith, we're grateful for their service. And Jeremy's up here every single Sunday after, after being a, a principal at a school all week, playing the guitar and ministering. And Jeremy, good job! But I apologize. Kevin Weaver, who faithfully serves behind the scenes all the time and, and does anything, anything the staff will ask of him or an elder will ask of him, he's quick to do it and do it with a grateful heart. And we've missed him. And we've missed him. You know, Doug Williams been here for years, serving faithfully. Helps usher sometimes when called upon. We missed him. But we've missed him. David and Lisa Kelly. David's on the drums every week. One of the quietest people you ever meet, but one of the most solid believers you'll ever come in contact with. Amazing man. You got in the last year like you ain't ever seen somebody grow. We missed. We missed it. So I stand before you today with a repentant heart. And repent doesn't just mean I'm sorry. Repent means we're going to change what we do. Okay? With a repentant heart saying I'm sorry because I've missed some of you. And our staff has missed some of you. Mike and Suzanne Gill, so faithful. Set up chairs every single Sunday after church with Feed My Sheep. Faithful to work at the communion table every Sunday. What about them? TWBC, you got all this amazing stuff happening. You got live streaming going around the world. You got Spanish translation. You've got all these services going on. But I have this one thing against you. You know, those aren't easy words for a pastor to hear when God speaks to you like that. It's not that I haven't been following God with all my heart. Because I have. It's just when you follow Him with all your heart, you've got to be open to all the things He'll correct you on as well. And God said, Joel, I have this against you. For example, I, I had a great relationship with Travis and Allie a couple years ago when they were in our base group. So we got together all the time. But when that season of Financial Peace University ended, I didn't really keep in contact with them. I, I missed them. Not just missed them, like missed them being in my life. I, I missed it. Like, I, I missed the mark. I fell short of the mark on that one. Now, obviously, we all know I can't be personal, individual friends with every single person who walks through the door, but I can be personal and individual and change the way we do things so everybody has a place to, be, a place to belong, a place to be fulfilled, and a place to experience life at a high level in the kingdom of God. And so as we begin to go into this new part of the vision that we want to talk about, 
You have been on our minds. You have been on our hearts. You have been the ones day in and day out that make TWBC the most amazing church in this Northeast Texas region. You are the ones who enable pastors to go around, pastors and elders and kids and youth members to go around the world on mission trips. You are the ones who make things happen. You are the ones by your consistently just showing up and being faithful to God uh, have made TWBC what it is. But now God's not just calling the pastoral and elder staff to the next level. He's saying because of your faithfulness, <laughs> you are faithful with little. Get ready. I'm fixing to give you much. Fixing to give you something, God says. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise if you're excited about that. So the first thing I'll say is this. We've done a great job on the platform. We've given you great worship music. We've given you great preaching. We've given you great teachings. But we can't pastor from a platform. You can only pastor personally. I cannot pastor you from this platform. I can only pastor you in person and personally. And so we want to begin that process with you in mind. The first thing we want to do is, what has God shown our elders and staff from heaven's perspective about what we need to change as a church, how we need to go, be able to dig deeper and grow deeper as a church, how do we need to be able to grow deeper so we can keep expanding the kingdom of God at an amazing rate? It doesn't mean we're going to quit growing as a church. It just means is we're going to change how we grow as a church. Does, does that make sense? So we want to begin that process. The first thing I want to address is last year at Super Sunday, we unveiled these awesome, amazing plans for a brand new facility for TWBC. And man, we are so excited. Man, we're still excited about that. But many of you have been asking us, Pastor, what about the new building? Pastor, what about the new building? See, we didn't just trust you with the next step. We trusted you for the next five years when we released the building plans. See, our vision for the building, and it was mentioned that morning, that our goal is not to be into that building until the year 2020. That is our 2020 vision. And so if we didn't break ground on the new building until January 2020, we would still be in it by our heart's desired time of September 2020. That year, as school year kicks back off, we have an amazing gathering service with all of the people of TWBC in one service and commit it to God. And I'm praying that a Holy Spirit outpouring will come upon the church that day at an unprecedented form as well. And so we are still firmly on track to see all those things happen. But here's the problem. If you feel you belong at TWBC because of a project, when the project is done, you will feel you do not belong any longer. I'll say that again. If you feel like you belong at TWBC because of a certain project that's going on, when the project is done, you'll feel you do not have a place to belong any longer. And so if your heart's here and you're here just to see a new building get built, I'm so grateful for that. And if you can write a check to completely build it, go for it in the offering this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Take that part of the burden off of the vision. Amen. Hallelujah. But if the only reason you're here is to be a part of a project, when the project is done, you'll feel you don't have a place to belong. And that's not our heart. That's not our heart at all. We want you to have a place to belong. We want you to have a place to stay. We want the project, the project to be a byproduct of the fruit. We want the project to happen, but not at the expense of you. The other side of the coin is this. If you feel lost now and do not have a place to belong, how will you feel when we get into a facility twice this size? 
If you feel lost right now at TWBC, I just don't know where I fit. I don't know have a place to belong. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I just don't know. What, I'm just not sure where I fit into this culture of this church. I love what's going on. I just don't know. If you feel lost now in a facility this size, how are you going to feel in a facility twice this size? I'm telling you, you're more important than any project. Your spiritual formation, your spiritual growth, you growing in the presence of God is more important than any project we will ever do. And I'll be so bold as to say this. If the project gets in the way of your personal growth in God, we'll stop the project. That's a big word. My heart is not about a bigger building. My heart is about reaching and growing people into who God has formed them to be and who he destined them to be before they even uh, breathe their first breath on this earth. And so with that, I want to encourage you. You are more important than any project. So where does this leave us? Let's talk about our TWBC, kids, our TWBC student ministries, our RAGE program, and our TWBC kids. TWBC's desire for, for us is to create an environment that by the eighth grade, our kids can live as true followers of Christ in a world that doesn't. I want to say that again because many of you, this affects you. It directly affects you because you're here because your kids started coming here, not because you wanted to be here. Many of you are here because your little one was invited by another little one and you came to appease him. That your came and said, Mom, you've got to come to this church. Dad, you've got to come to this church. So this directly affects a lot of you. Our heart for our next generations is this, that by the time they're in the eighth grade, they can live as true followers of Christ in a world that doesn't. What does that mean? It means before they get out of the fourth grade, or and as they're going into the fifth grade, we want them to know the identity, who they are in Christ. We want them to know the thoughts of God, how God thinks about them, and what God plans to do with their life. We want them to know the acts of God. We want their, our kids, by knowing the acts of God, to be able to lay their hands on people and pray for them and watch God manifest himself and things change in their life. We want our kids to truly live with the fruit of the Spirit in their life. When there's rage and racism and all these issues going on in the schoolhouse, they walk in with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And they're not swayed by the things of the world, but they're going to fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher and the perfecter of their faith, because they don't just know the identity, thoughts, acts of God. They know the ways of God and how God's principles of the Bible work by the time they're going into the fifth grade and then as they transfer into student ministries they will live it out in a manner that brings glory to God and so in by the time they're in the eighth grade they'll be living a life that exemplifies what a believer should be now some of you parents are a little unsettled right now because you're thinking I don't even know how to do all that stuff that's okay. You better get on your horse and start riding fast. <laughs> hey, now, and I say that lighthearted because we're not leaving you behind in this process either. As you serve, listen, listen, I'm telling you, if you want to grow as a parent, you need to serve with your kids. If you want to grow as a parent in the identity, thoughts, acts, and ways of God, get in with TWBC Kids Culture and you're going to grow in it. And there's no greater thing than to do it together. Last night when I, when I was sitting out, I'm just going to tell a story. I'm already blowing all time frames. Who cares? 
Last night, I, I was prepping for this message. I was sitting out on my back porch last evening about 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and I had a fire going. I was letting my kids ride scooters around and around and around me. And I, and I had worship music playing, and all of a sudden, the presence of God just settled in on that back porch. And my kids both stopped and walked up to me, and they said, Dad, what do our names mean? And I looked at Aaron, and I said, Aaron... You're named after Aaron in the Bible. He's like, I know, Dad. He was a priest. He was Moses' brother. And I said, then why do you ask? He said, I didn't ask who I was named after. I said, what does my name mean? That's different. That's different. And, he, and if you read the name Aaron, it means bold. <laughs> it's all those things, man. It means all those things. And then Caleb said, what... It, what who am I named after in the Bible? I said, there was a man of great faith in the Bible who when everybody else turned their back on what God wanted, he went forth with the vision of God. And I said, you know what? God gave him his own mountain. He said, so I get a mountain? I said, baby, you can have anything you want in the kingdom. And it wasn't just me appeasing him. That was a true spiritual statement. You can have anything you want in the kingdom of God. Because I named you after a man of faith. Those are the things I'm talking about, us teaching our kids at TWBC so they know the identity, the thoughts, the acts, and the ways of God, and they live it out. And so by the time they're in the eighth grade, they do not fall away. And when they go into college, they do not fall away. The truth is, if they start falling away, it doesn't happen in eighth grade. It doesn't happen when they get their license. It doesn't happen when they go to college. It happens in second and third grade. And here's why. Because we make church an option and not a priority. And I'm not trying to be ugly in saying that. If it's optional in second and third grade, it's going to be optional in their eighth and ninth grade. It's going to be optional when they start driving. It's going to be optional when they go to college. And so we want you to find a place for your kids to belong. And we want to do church with you in this process. And therefore, beginning Wednesday, July 11th, on Wednesday night services, this whole complete building will become a student ministry and kid facility. We will do away with our Wednesday evening adult worship service and all the downstairs becomes TWBC Kid Facility. All the upstairs becomes Student Ministry Facility. And this is not a want-to change, okay? This is a necessity change for their spiritual formation. This is not something we just, hey, we just want to do this, adults. We don't care about you. We just want to do this, so we're just changing to change. No, this is a necessity for the spiritual formation of our kids if they're going to walk in the identity, thoughts, acts, and ways of God and live it out at a high level and when they're in the eighth grade, know that they can confidently live as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. So what about adults? What about adults? Your first option is to you can jump in with your kids. Start serving. Start giving. But we got some other amazing options that we're going to begin to give you. We're going to launch into something called group life. Group life. We want you to find a place of belonging, find a place of fulfillment, and find a place to experience life in Christ. Find a place of belonging, find a place of fulfillment, 
and find a place to experience life in Christ. We're going to design three different types of groups. We're going to have serve groups, grow groups, and no groups. Base groups have been awesome. And those of you who are here for the first time, base groups stand for Believers Associating for Strength and Encouragement. They've been awesome for the last three and a half, four years that we have done them. They have served their purpose well, but our church has outgrown that structure of simply base groups as we know it. So even though base groups was a great fit for a lot of people, it wasn't a great fit for every person. And so we're fixing to create a fit for every person that you have a place of belonging, a place of fulfillment, and a place to experience life with other people's. Serve groups look like this. When you walked in this morning, many of you made your way back to the cafe. We got five or six ladies who consistently serve in the cafe. And as they consistently serve in the cafe back there, They found a place to belong, they are getting fulfillment in their life, and they are experiencing life together in an area of service. That means serving you. And I'm going to pick on Beth Hankins just for a minute. Amen. I love Beth Hankins. That's Corey's mama, and Corey's saying praise God because they're picking on her for once and not for him. But I remember Beth before we opened up the cafe. She would come one, two Sundays a month when she could, when she, couldn't, when she could work it in her work schedule and things like that. We opened up this thing called the cafe, and it literally took us by storm. We, we were kind of caught off guard. We did it as one Sunday for a special thing just to treat people. They're like, awesome, we're doing this every Sunday. We're like, oh, we got to figure something out. A bunch of ladies jumped in, and Beth Hankins was a part of that process. And as she jumped in, I noticed Beth wasn't just coming once a month wasn't just coming twice a month. Beth never misses. Beth never misses and is at both services a lot of times. And something clicked with me in that moment. It's like, what, what, what changed? Found a place to belong, a place of fulfillment, and a place to experience life with other people. We have recently at TWBC uh, did a massive overhaul on our safety team and we got about 30 people involved with it. And the first Sunday, I noticed this new safety team that we had launched out. There was a, there's a man who comes to first service all the time. His name is Zach Wilhite. And man, he's always faithful. Every single service. That family does not miss first service Sunday morning worship. But I noticed they would come in every Sunday morning and they would leave. Come in every Sunday morning and they would leave. Come in every Sunday morning and they'd leave. He came in one Sunday on the security team and he was eyes were open. He was awake. He was attentive. He was greeting people he never greeted before. He was saying hi to people he never had spoke to before. He was showing people where to be seated. He was helping people make their way to the kid check stations. I'm talking a completely different person. And I said, what in the world happened? And all that I noticed is he had the neat little cool thing behind his ear (laughs) for a communication device. And I noticed with the moment he put that on, he found a place of belonging a place of fulfillment, and a place to experience life with other men and women. There's more than just men on our security team, or safety safety team. Sorry. Got to watch my verbiage on some things. On our safety team. But he found life. He found fulfillment. He found awesome things. I've noticed this. We've launched a Spanish translation service, and there's a man translating right now. So, hey, America, you got to translate what I'm about to say about you. There's nothing more embarrassing than talking about yourself and having to translate about yourself. He is back there right now, Spanish translating as we speak. And the minute I told him this, he went from a man who is hungry to a man on fire. I'm talking, this man walks into church, pastor, 
I love you. I am ready for worship today. And if you know, and then he bear hugs you, man. It's like your back pops three times. I want to hear how he translated that, by the way. But he found a place of belonging. He found a place of fulfillment. He found a place to experience life. We want you to plug into one of the, uh, there's a number of service groups out there. Many of you are already in a group. I want to brag just for a moment on on Brother Cecil over here. Brother Cecil, hold your hand up real high. Come on. Brother Cecil rolls around this church. For those of you who can't see him, he really is in a wheelchair and he does roll around this church. He rolls around this church and he's been here for several years now. But as of late... There's been a a leader in our children's department that recognized his faithfulness on Wednesday nights, just taking up money for Feed My Sheep, our eating program on Wednesday nights for families that that need a a quick hot meal before Wednesday services. He was just faithfully taking up money, and she recognized his faithfulness and said, I want you to come work with me in the kindergarten through second grade group. I I don't even want... I'm not sure what his reaction was at the time. I'm just hearing this story about how she asked him. But I know that since he's been doing that, he is a completely different man. On Wednesday nights, he comes in because he loves Sunday mornings, but Wednesday nights are his baby. Because he gets to serve with kids, kindergarten through second grade, and bless his heart, both of my awesome, amazing boys are in that class. And you know what? My boys love Mr. Cecil. They love him. And they're so excited to get to see him. And so Mr. Cecil has found a place of belonging. He's found a place of fulfillment. He's found a place to experience life with other workers and training people. And that's a service group that he's through. It's a service type group because he's serving the kids. So what is a grow, what is, excuse me, what is a grow group? A grow group is this. We want you to grow together relationally. There are some of you who have amazing hobbies. And I'm going to pick on Brandon Mitchell for a moment. The bro loves to kayak. I mean, he kayaks like more than anybody I know. You know what my heart's desire would be? Him to say, hey, I want to start a kayaking group. Last Friday of the month, whatever. We're just going to get together and kayak. And here's the simplicity of group life moving forward. You plus two is a group. You can have your men's coffee every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. And that's a group. You plus two. Here's the stipulations. Talk about God. Pray for one another and say, I'll see you at Sunday morning service. Because in the Bible, it talks about this. They went to temple worship and they gathered in homes together. Okay, we're gathering at the coffee shop, gathering in homes, and we're coming to church together. We're experiencing the corporate fire of God together. Then we're also going to have no groups. We want you to know Christ at an intimate level. We want you to know about the things of God at an amazing level. We want you to know about giftings and callings, and and we want you to be equipped spiritually to lay your hands on people. We want you to be able to uh, jump into areas that we haven't even been able to tap into yet because the structure was so limiting. Now we're taking all the stuff off the structure and saying, you plus two is a group. Get together and talk about God. Pray for one another. You can do it in the area of service. You can do it in the area of growing, uh, growing in relationships to one another. But also we want you knowing Christ. So we will have discipleships, curriculum, studies, hands-on training, activation, activation groups, and, and things like that. 
prayer groups, teaching people how to pray effectively, things like that, where if you want to grow in your relationship with Christ and your spiritual formation to become the man or woman of God, we've got it for you. And we're going to equip and, hand, and make this process uh, be awesome and, and be um, very powerful in your life because we want you to belong, we want you to get fulfillment, and we want you to experience life here at TWBC. And we've realized this at TWBC. We can get a lot of people to come, but that's not our heart. We can get a lot of people to come, but our heart is we want you to stay. We don't just want you to come to say, hey, I came to TWBC. We want you to stay. Not just stay at the church, but stay in the presence of God. Stay in a consistent walk with Christ. Stay in a relationship with Him. That happens when you stay at the church. So we want you to stay. One of the things we've been failed at, we failed at, is the truth is this. If you are not fulfilled in church, you're not going to stay there long. If you don't find a place of fulfillment, if it's your first time here today, and within six months you don't find a place of fulfillment or belonging in the church, you're not going to be here after six months. And we're not dumb. We've done the math on it. Almost 70% of the visitor cards that we get, they come for a short period of time, whether that be one Sunday or one to five Sundays, one to three months, and then they fade away. And we've realized this. They either didn't feel like they belong, they weren't fulfilled, or they didn't experience life with somebody. So we've got to change that part of the church. Because remember, we can reach 1,300 people on a Sunday morning, but if we miss you in the process... We've missed it. We've missed it. So what does that look like? The first thing we've done as a church is to help people get planted, we are creating a brand new pastoral position at the church. A pastor to help you connect. A pastor to help you find your place to belong. Now, in the history of TWBC, we've done several uh, pastoral transitions in the church. Four years ago, four or five years ago, Pastor Jeff was an associate pastor, and we turned him over to our small groups pastor, and since then it's grown into all of adult ministries pastor. So he's done two transitions in the last four years, one of a major transition, one of just expanding his position. So there's been that transition. Also, Pastor Bonnie over our freedom ministries. Man, uh, she's done the church uh, administration, the backside of the church for years, whether it's stuffing bulletins in the back of chairs and envelopes and stuff like that, to cleaning the church. To Man, she's been everything you could imagine in the church. And since uh, two years ago, when we knew the desperate need for freedom ministry in our church, we don't want you just saved, we want you set free, amen, so you can become who you're called to become. We transitioned her out of that role into the new freedom ministries role as a freedom pastor. And so that transition has taken place. I say all that to say the next transition we're taking in the church. Pastor Damon is going to transition from student, head student ministries pastor over into a TWBC Connect pastor role. And he will help families as they come into the church, families that are currently in the church now. Some of you may have been here for four or five years. When he starts his new role, you can connect with him and say, help me connect. Help me find a place of fulfillment, belonging, and, and experience life together. And so he's going to transition into a connect pastor role, helping people find their place where they belong in the church. And with that, then Pastor Corey Hankins, he has uh, been uh, a student ministries pastor as well. He's going to transition over into the head of all student ministries of TWBC. 
And how that's going to work is uh, Pastor Damon's going to stay as uh, student ministries pastor all the way through the end of church camp, uh, his youth camp, student ministries camp on June 7th. June 7th, yes. And so he's still student ministries pastor for the next seven weeks. And we didn't want to pull the rug out from under our young people, the rug out from under our church, and say, hey, he's been awesome with you for a while, but now he's gone. No, we're trusting you with the vision of the church. We're not hiding anything. We're laying it all out front. We're trusting you with the next three to five years of TWBC and how it's going to look. And then in about five years, the next step of the vision that God gives us as we move forward will probably be unleashed, okay? So we're trusting you at the front of it, not at the back of it. We're trusting you with the carrying of it with us, not just the doing of it for us. And so with that, they're going to be transitioning into those things. And so um, as uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Sherry and Pastor Corey and Pastor Damon are going to come up, I wanted them to talk for about three minutes each about what you're going to begin to see over the next few weeks with them as they do this. And so as they're coming up, I want you to remember this phrase. We don't want to do church for you. Okay? We do not want to do church for you. We want to do church with you. Gosh, we don't want to do this for you. We don't want to just sit up here and preach good and sing good and do it for you where you leave unfulfilled, not having a place to belong, and you're not experiencing life. We want to do church with you where you have a place to belong, get fulfillment, and experience life. Pastor Jeff, tell us a little bit about group life and what's going to take place. Hey, man, y'all doing good? Good, good. We're glad. We, we love you guys. Hey, if you're, if you're a person who's not a big change person, um, you can jump in my boat because I'm not a big change person either. I'm like, let's get something going. Let's leave it alone. It works. But um, no, God has really, God has really blessed us, and God has really grown us and blessed us with you. And we want to make sure that we're stewarding you and taking care of you the way God would have us to. And so, as we begin to trans transform and, and, and I guess enhance things in, in, from base groups to group life, I want to encourage you this: if you're currently in a base group and you like that group, keep your group going. I'm not. We're not ending anything. We're not. If you're in a freedom group. Stand free. If you're in any kind of study group that's going on here, church, don't quit. If you like it, you you like your people. Those are your people. That's who you connect with. Stay in that group. We, we encourage you. We need that. Keep on, keep on growing. Keep on doing what you're doing. But we are going to begin like our pastor said. We're going to begin to unbox some things and, and um, reach reach all spectrums of the church. And so I want to I want to do this really quickly. Um, four years ago, we started doing uh, base groups as as a small group ministry here in the church. So if you've ever led or hosted a small group, a base group, if you've ever led a discipleship type group, if you've ever helped Pastor Amy lead a, a touching base group or uh, a table um, hosting one of her things, would y'all please stand really quick? The foundation that y'all have helped us build. Yeah, y'all yeah, give them a hand. Thank you, guys. The foundation that y'all have helped us build is what's enabling us to do this now. So thank you guys for your faithfulness and your service. Thank you for allowing people to have a place to connect and belong. But we really want to, like our pastor said, enhance what we're, enhance what we're doing. So we're going to start doing all these groups, serve groups, grow groups, no groups. We want to make sure that you plug in. Maybe some of y'all were doing the math when you were when Pastor Joel was talking. You were going, I'm in six groups. Exactly. You were plugged in. You are involved. We want other people to experience that same thing where you have, where you have a, a hand or you have a, a part of every little thing that's going on in the church if that's what you'd like. We want you to be involved. We want you to be connected. So make sure that you do something as we're unveiling things here in the near future, how things are going to work. Begin to, begin to um, think and pray about, God, where, where do I connect? What would I like to do? Maybe, maybe I enjoy um, coupon clipping or collecting stamps. Well, there's probably a couple other people out there that like doing that same thing. We'll put it out there, and you can have you can have a, a little activity group that does that, where you get together, you spend some time praying, you spend some time um, talking about God, and then you you clip coupons together, and you go shopping at Walmart. God bless you. Go to. 
I'll give you my list too. Y'all go shopping at Walmart. But um, but I want, but I want to, I want to encourage you as we continue to grow. We're not ending anything. We're not stopping anything that's been going on. But we're just enhancing it and making it so it involves everyone. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for what you're doing. We've got some great things um coming forward. You're gonna see the name base and the name touching base kind of go by the wayside. Um, touching base is gonna become heart to heart, and so it's gonna be an awesome group. We can be on on the plans for that in the very, very near future for this summer for you ladies. But hey, plan on being involved. Plan on plugging in in some way. Serve, grow, no, or all three. Just plan on plugging in and being a part of something amazing because we don't want to go forward any further without making sure you're plugged in, you're involved, and you got a place where you feel like you belong here at the White Bible Church. So we love you guys. Thanks so much for what you're doing. Thank you for walking to us in the future and trusting us with this vision. We know it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So look forward to seeing you in a small group very, very soon. We love you guys. And boy, do we have some groups for you in kids' ministry. What we want, yeah. Whoever that was, yeah. Okay, two or more agree. Okay, so this is what we know. Wednesday nights will be phenomenal in a great sense as children and families and those who serve them well come together with this vision. The vision for TWBC Kids is real plain and simple. It's for you heard Pastor Joel say it. It's for them to know the acts and ways of God and to actively carry that out in their daily lives. So we help teach them how to understand this by knowing their identity in Christ and the thoughts of God. So we're going to do this in four fundamental ways on Wednesday nights. First, we're going to look at having fun together, then fellowship, worship, and the Word. So how this looks with kids is they're going to come into this great like summer slam environment where there's lots of energy and enthusiasm and we're going to play some wacky fun games and then we're going to have a fellowship together where we eat in small groups with terrific leaders. We're still going to have fun, but boy, that focus is going to hone in as we work. And then we are going to meet together and we're going to work on those practical concepts of what does it look like how do we walk out the acts and ways of God? What do the fruits of the Spirit look like in our home, at school, anywhere and everywhere we go? And because our kids are growing in the Lord and kids are such a vital part of families, we're going to have a family focus once a month. It'll be the last Wednesday night of each month, and here's what it'll look like. So uh, one uh, month, it will be Dad's Night. Dads come in and they do crazy awesome things. Those who are father figures with they'll be moms not. Where women who help raise kids come in and create some incredible memories. Yeah, then the following month, it's going to be full-on family night. We are going to have some crazy things going on that we're going to activate in fun ways. Activate things in the spirit while we have fun gathering together. For those of you who are going to be finding your fulfillment and working with our children, we're going to specifically do group life together too. We will be refreshing together, praying together, and doing group life in some really enjoyable ways that you won't want to miss. Think about this. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, Model instruct, teach, train a child in the way they should go. It's what we'll be doing. Pastor Joel says this. 
he says discipleship precedes evangelism we're discipling our children so that when they go out they reach this city this county this country entire continents because they will have learned how to activate the acts and ways of God everywhere they go student ministry is so critically important it's why I look forward to and I'm thankful for the opportunity to work with Pastor Corey Hankins because this is what we'll be doing we will be teaching and empowering students of all age to know the truth and the life so that we will make certain that as they go out into a world that doesn't know Jesus that they shine they shine well that they reach because we have an emerging generation of leaders pastor Corey thank you so much pastor Sherry um I brought my phone up here not to play word crossy or anything. Uh, I've got some specific points I want to hit, and I know if I don't bring my phone up here, I'll go for eight minutes. They'll have to start the Grammy music, and uh, I'll get the holy hand on the shoulder and be like, all right, let's go. Uh, I think it's important to understand that this is the most biblical way we could ever make a transition. When I look at the Bible, when I look at how Jesus did things, I think it, it, it's so cool that Jesus wasn't in the Garden of Gethsemane looking at his transition on LinkedIn or Facebook looking for his next successor. It's important to understand that, that when he called out to Peter and Andrew at the shore and said, I will make you into fishers of men, Peter and Andrew did not, even, Peter wasn't even Peter at that, it was Simon and Andrew, and they had no idea what the future was going to entail. It's so cool to me how Jesus did leadership. He didn't take people and say, hey, you're going to be a pastor in six years, and you're going to take over for the youth pastor at the time, and this is what's going to happen. No, he found people where they were at, walked with them for an amount of time, and then when they were ready, took the next step. He took the next step and allowed them to take their next step. And that is exactly what we are doing here at the Way Bible Church. Uh, I heard a pastor say one time, it was Judah Smith, he said, following Jesus is like walking in a dense fog. You're, you've got somebody's hand and you can only see the next step. And that's what we're doing here. We see the next step and we're following Jesus. I wanna, I wanna go uh, with you real quick and, and, and explain my vision for youth ministry real quick. And it's three words because I love plain and simple. If you know me, I love plain and simple. Uh, it's realize, apply, and communicate. Realize, apply, and communicate. That is my entire vision for uh, student ministry here at the Way Bible Church. Uh, the first one is realize God is more than a myth. He is more than just a Sunday experience. He is more than just a Wednesday feel good. He is more than a myth. The second one is applied. Listen, the gospel is more about what you do outside these four walls than what you can get accomplished here in these four walls. Amen. Realize that God is more than a myth. Apply, take him more than just these four walls. And the last one is communicate. And this is where it gets big because we are very good at communicating through Twitter. We are very good at communicating through Instagram. We are very good at communicating through Facebook. We are very good at communicating through all these things and through all these words and through all these apps. But we are very, very, very uh, challenged in this generation in communicating more than words. Understand that we need to realize that God is more than a myth. We need to apply him more than just these four walls. And we need to communicate him more than just words.
And that is the life part of student ministry. That is a living life uh, as a devoted follower of Jesus, as a true follower of Christ, as seeing what his day-to-day impact is on your life. It's realizing that he's more than a myth, communicating him more than words, and applying him more than just these four walls. Amen. I love you guys, and I want to leave you with this. The pastor's personality may change, but the leadership stays the same. Thank you, Brother Charles. Thank you. <laughs> the pastor's personality may change. Me and Damon, although we are alike, we are, we are different in aspects. And although our personality may change, the leadership stays the same because Jesus is the head of the church. We are his body and everything is uh, hunky-dory. God. Amen. I love you guys. Listen, the best days of the church are ahead of us but also the best days of this church is ahead of us. Amen. I love you guys. And I didn't do this first service, but I want to do this real quick. I want to honor Pastor Damon because I would not be the person I am today without his leadership. And when I say that, I'm not saying I wouldn't be a pastor. I wouldn't be a Christ follower. I wouldn't know Jesus. I wouldn't know anything about him. I wouldn't even know anything about Jesus uh, uh, without him and without uh, Rage Student Ministries. Uh, I was saved up there. I was baptized right over there. I I lived, breathed, and grew in this church, and it is such a blessing. It is such an honor to take over, to have the baton passed to me. I'm not going to cry, I promise. So, Pastor Damon, here we go. Deep breath. Mm, Okay, we're good. We're good. I want to tell you something. You ask, how can you leave something you've birthed for eight years? Just like that. We, we, part of this transformation of this church is going to be what is demonstrated within these next seven months. And that is this, constantly passing a baton. See, not only in our church, in the church, we're too good at just holding on to a stinking baton. This is my stance. This is who I am. We have got that so wrong. We've got to go one, one step further and not only train up ourselves, but train up ourselves to replicate something even better than ourselves and then be willing to pass the baton. There's one thing, if you ever enjoyed anything that we did in youth ministry and 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 i'll still do to these kids i want you to know students they're all over the room you're not being left i know some of you have been this is not somebody leaving you this is just more people to love on you come on the way it's set up amen the way that they've set things up, you're going to be fought over almost with as many leaders are going to be able to impart into you as opposed to the way I did it and the way we had to because we were landlocked in that one room with 200 kids up there. It was me loving on a lot of people, and those days have got to change. Those days have got to change. There's a lot of love to give. But I want to tell you the one thing that I believe got me through those years is my ability to love on a student. See them where they're at, but not see them spiritually where they're at. See them where they're at and take them where God wants to take them. And I cannot wait to do that with y'all. I cannot wait to do that with the adults that, that are in this room now and that will come in the future. I am so, 
stinking excited to see you flourish where you're called to flourish. And it's so much more than sitting in one of these beautiful blue chairs. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for the support. I know it's not going to stop. Amen? Okay. All right. Good deal. I just want to make sure. Love you guys. Amen. Hey, you guys give them four a hand right there. Amen. As they're being seated, have you, if you've ever wondered why uh, our church is becoming such an amazing church after listening to them four speak, it's kind of like, wow, that's awesome. Like, I want to sit out in the front row and just listen to them for a little bit longer. That was good stuff. Uh, Ronnie Smith, if you'd come on up. Ronnie Smith is one of our elders, and as he's coming up, the Bible says this, the vision waits an appointed time. So we want to roll out the time frame to you. Many of you are handed these pieces of paper uh, halfway through the service, and I want you to keep those. They weren't given to you just as something neat. I want you to hang those on your refrigerator. I want you to put them on the mirrors in your bathroom. I need you to bathe this vision in prayer. I need you to say, God, what is my part in this vision? What do you want me to do and for me to accomplish, to take my stand on my watchtower and look out for myself and see what you're going to say to me about this this is your part of it. So um, as I go through the time frame real quick, I'm going to have uh, one of our elders speak in just a second um, because this is a collaborative process with our elder group and our staff. We've worked together for the past few months really just fleshing this out um, and, and watching God bring it to fruition. And uh, the timeline is this, April 29th, that's uh, two Sundays from now, Pastor Jeff's going to do a message on group life what group life looks like and how it's the, the, one of the catalysts of fire in the church. And, and it's one of those other properties, you know, that uh, principles can be applied to get that happening. And so we're going to find out what's in your heart here that Sunday. We need you to have a say in what we begin to formulate group life to look like. So we don't have this master plan out there where we're just plugging you into spots. You're creating the spots. You're creating what's going to happen. Some of you are wondering, where's my part in the vision? This is it. You get to formulate what everything looks like for belonging, for fulfillment, for experiencing life with people. It's in your hands, church. It's in your hands. And so April 29th, we're going to begin that process. June the 7th is the last day of student ministries camp. And that's going to be the, the final day that Damon Wilkes will be, Pastor Damon Wilkes will be um, our student ministries pastor. Uh, beginning June the 8th, uh, Pastor Corey Hankins is going to step up into that role of student ministry pastor. On June the 8th, um, Pastor Damon's taking a vacation. Okay? Amen. Give it a, he needs a vacation. You don't do student ministries for eight years and do funerals for students and marry students that have gone through college and all the stuff he's seen and just jump into a new role and say, I'm ready to go. No, it's kind of like when you were played a Nintendo game for so long and it got really hot and you had to hit reset from time to time. After doing student ministries for this long, we're going to give him time to reset. Just to, okay, the, the jolt of it all together of the last day of student ministry is going to be one thing. Stepping into another role is going to be a completely different thing. And so, man, we're going to give him a couple weeks just to reset. And then for a couple weeks after that, you won't see him because I'm sending him to other churches. We're not going to try and reinvent the wheel with his job description or all the stuff that, that he's going to be doing over the next three to five years. But we are going to send him to get training. Training from churches that do this at an elite level, that got a good onboarding process of how to meet people, greet them, walk with them, find how they click, find what they love to do, and find them a place to belong and plug them into the church so they experience fulfillment, so they have a place to belong, so they can experience life together. 
So if you don't see him much at the after June 8th until the mid part of July, I want you to know that's what's happening. He's not fired under the scenes. He's not leaving the church. He's going to get training. Praise God for that. And can I just say praise God for other kingdom-minded churches that will let us send our staff members to them and say, train them, get them right, teach them all they know, because I don't know everything. And it's good to not know everything. It makes us interdependent on other churches and one another. So June 27th will be the Wednesday evening adult worship service finale. And y'all, we're going to have a party that night. It's going to be a fun night when we celebrate and pray in the culture of group life. And then on July the 4th, it's the next Wednesday. We will not have Wednesday night services. We want you to celebrate 4th of July. Go have fun. And then on July 11th, this whole facility for Wednesday nights becomes a student ministry and TWBC kids facility. That's our plans throughout the summer where there's going to be trainings going on throughout the summer. So as we hit the school year going um, next year at the end of August, beginning of September, man, we are operating at a high level and you have a place to belong, a place to be fulfilled, and finally, a place to experience life. Ronnie, come and speak a few words to us real quick. Good afternoon to you. Uh, It's a lot to absorb, but I would just like to encourage you that the Heavenly Father is still in charge. All is well. These are wonderful, phenomenal things for our church to go through. This is just change is all that it is. And that's what our world is all about. We're just preparing ourselves so that we can do the work for the kingdom. Our focus is still going to be on uh, saving souls and changing lives. We're just in a transition until we get to the new facility. And so... If you're feeling a little bit lost or a little bit confused, let me just encourage you that 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. It's all going to work out, and it's all going to be good. It's just a matter of us just giving the vision time for it to work. Pastor Joel, thank you so much for your vision. Amen. Thank you. That's one of our elders, Ronnie Smith. Also, I want to, Cody Stewart, if you'd stand real quick. Cody Stewart's another one of our elders right there. Uh, John Red's another one of our elders. He's flying back home from India today, so be in prayer for him. I want you all to stand with me this morning. And hey, if you have any questions after service today, all of our staff is going to hang around. All of our elders are going to hang around. We want to talk to you about the vision. If you have any questions, and if, you don't, if we don't have an answer for it, we're going to write it down and we're going to find an answer. Because we know we haven't seen all the holes that are in this. We just know the direction God's calling us. And we know that you have a part of fulfilling it. As I close with this verse, the Bible says this in Proverbs 14.4. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. But the abundance of crops comes by the strength of the oxen. And what I mean by that is it says where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. There's no mess to clean up because there's not any oxen. But where there is oxen... You don't focus on the mess, you focus on the abundance of crops that the oxen bring in. So what I want you to commit to is, will you get dirty with us? Will you get dirty with us? We know we don't have this all figured out, but we're trusting you at the front of the vision, not at the back of the vision. We're trusting you to help lead out in this, not not drag you along through this. Because we believe there's an abundant harvest throughout Northeast Texas that God needs to reach. We believe there's people who don't know Jesus Christ. And literally there's people in our 10 mile radius that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to change that. 
We're going to implement culture that changes all that. My final statement is this. We don't want to do church for you. We want to do church with you. We don't want to just preach good and sing good and do it for you and say, wow, that's a great time. No, we want to do church with you. Jesus wanted to do discipleship with his disciples. We want to do church with you. The reason we want to do all this is because of Jesus Christ. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to tell you briefly about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived a perfect life for you and for me, yet died with all the penalty of mine and your sins so that you could be forgiven. And as you trust in Jesus Christ, you're forgiven of those sins because Jesus Christ didn't stay dead for long. He was raised from the dead. And when he died, it was for the forgiveness of your sins, but his resurrection and his new life was for your new life in Christ Jesus. If you need to receive Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, I want you to come and pray with one of our prayer team that will be up here. If that prayer team could come this morning. And then here's what we're going to do. I want you to take these next few minutes of an altar call and bathe this vision in prayer. I want you to take personal accountability. I will take my stand at my watch post on the tower and I will see what God will say concerning his vision to me. Take your stand this morning. And I want you to come and pray over this vision. Pray in your heart. Grab that piece of paper and come to the altar. Go to the sides of the buildings and begin to pray. Get in groups of two or three and begin to pray this morning. You can come and pray on your own or pray with one of us. The communion table is open if you need to take communion. And when we wrap up the altar call, we're going to take up an offering real quick. And then we're going to have some video announcements. But then we're going to close in one unifying worship song together. Because this vision is too important for us to walk out of here as individuals. But we're going to leave as the church and worship together. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, at this time, today, we ask in Jesus' name that your hand of blessing would be upon this vision. Lord God, we ask right now in Jesus' name that you would breathe your breath of life on this vision. And Lord God, I pray for the ones in here who may not know Christ, that they would come and be born again. And for everyone else, they would take personal accountability this morning. Church, the altars are open. Get ready to come in three, two, one. Come and pray with us this morning. We would love to pray with you.